The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website at www.upc.org forward slash university. My name is Annika and I'm on staff here at the Inn. Uh, I am from Lake Oswego, Oregon, which is right outside of Portland. Yeah, there's a lot of Portland people here. Uh, I went to college at University of Puget Sound in Tacoma. Go loggers. And there I ski raced, and I was uh, a chemistry major who was pre-med. Um, and uh, I'm now I'm 26, and I've been working for the Inn for the last couple years, and this will be my third year. Uh, also, this summer, I got married. So um, I'm now Mrs. Cook, and there's a couple pictures. That's so sweet. We, uh, Sam and I got married at it. This is his uncle's backyard. Nice. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it was beautiful. It was super fun. Go. Keep going. And uh, this is the exit, which looks really fun and exciting, but those are flames being <laughs> this. And that's our wedding coordinator in the back with two little lighters. So um, that was slightly terrifying, but we made it out. Um, and we went to Mexico and just got back about a week ago, and um, it's actually been so great to be back and not be worrying about wedding details and just get to hang out and live life. So I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here with you guys and excited to talk tonight. Uh, we are in a series right now called Summer Lovin'. And there it is. Um, the last two weeks you heard about, you heard Chris Sherman talk about Eros, romantic love, and you, t- you heard Chris T. Stewart talk about friendship. Uh, And tonight we're going to talk about God's love. And that is about the broadest topic ever. So we're not, I'm not going to pretend like we're going to tackle it all and totally understand it um, or even say something you haven't heard before. But we're just going to look at a tiny little piece of it and see if God doesn't have something for us in that. So bow your heads and pray with me. Dear God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for, um, God, that you do love us. And um, Lord, I pray that we can learn a tiny bit more about what that actually means, Lord. Uh, I pray you be with me, you speak through me, um, and Lord, that you would just call to attention or let my words make people's minds go where you want them, Lord, and that they would um, they would hear something from you tonight. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so, when talking about God's love, it is, it is this huge topic, and so tonight we're going to look at two things that that I've found in my life and in other people's lives that kind of keep us from feeling, like these holdups that keep us from feeling God's love or experiencing God's love. And then we're going to look at one story and just see how God's love kind of plays out more day-to-day. More day-to-day. Um, so the first holdup that I see is uh, we have this idea of love, and we have our parents who love us and friends who love us, and all these people say they love us, but yet at the same time you have the dad who says I lo- he loves his family, but then he has an affair and leaves them. Or you have the, the girlfriend who says she loves her boyfriend, but then she sleeps with some other guy. Or you have the best friend who says that they've got your back, but pretty soon they're you know, gossiping about you or stabbing you in the back. And, and we experience all these types of love or these parents that they say they love you, but they really only affirm you when you, you get the grades or when you perform in your athletics. And so we experience love, but we experience imperfect love. We experience imperfect love from each other, and we even give imperfect love. And I think that that, I found in my life, it makes it really hard for me to understand God's love, because God's love is perfect. 
where my love will fail, God's love will never fail. Where my love might manipulate or might be self-seeking or might um, just love things that are easy to love, God's love is never self-seeking. It never will manipulate. It'll never change. And and so I, what I've noticed is just this difference. You can throw up that little slide. That God's love is different. This agape, this divine love, is different. Um, and one of the main reasons it's different is because the one it's never self-seeking. Where we all have needs. We have needs to feel successful, needs to feel worthy, to feel loved, to feel um, friendship. We have all these different needs, but God doesn't. He doesn't have needs. With God, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they have this perfect relationship where they don't have needs. He doesn't come to me needing my love. So he can love in a way that's completely different. Is there a little next step? God's love is never so This is, C.S. Lewis says, In God there is no hunger that needs to be filled, only plentiness that desires to give. So he just has this overflow that allows him to love in a way that, that doesn't kind of have all the baggage that we bring into love. Uh, and some of the way that that... Some of the way that that, um, I mean, you can see, the next big one is that God's, because he doesn't have these needs, he can love things that are unlovable. Where this quote says, there's something in each of us that cannot be naturally loved. And it's no one's fault that they don't love it. It's, It's only the lovable that can be naturally loved. So you might as well ask people to like the taste of rotten bread or the sand of a mechanical drill. It can be forgiven and pitied and loved in spite of it with charity and no other way. And charity is what he calls this divine love. So there's kind of this stuff in all of us that's unlovable. And one of the stories in the Bible, you see Jesus, he's meeting with a fair, meeting with a guy who has leprosy. And leprosy is this disease that basically your flesh rots off your body. So it smells bad. It, it's extremely painful. It's disgusting. And these people who were lepers, they had to walk down the road with a bell and they would ring it and they would have to yell, unclean, unclean. And people would scatter. And it says in the scripture that Jesus goes up to this man and he touches him. And the word is in Greek is not just touch, like touch. It's like embrace. Like he embraces him. And that to me, I'm like, that is a love that I don't have. You know, at my best, I could suck it up and be, I don't know. Just, But that is something that's completely different than any love that I have within me naturally. Um, that is God's divine love. And when I think about my life, I think, okay, maybe I don't have a flesh disintegrating disease, but there are parts of my life that are ugly and nasty that I think if people saw, they'd probably run three blocks and they wouldn't want to see. And that, and to know that God's love reaches into those places and like embraces those places in me is incredibly powerful. So God's love is different. Uh, the second holdup is something that um, I've experienced a lot and I've seen in other people's lives as well, where um, because we kind of feel love with all this baggage, where every time you, you love someone, you take a risk, and you open yourself up to getting hurt or to f- experiencing love. And for me, I, especially growing up, I open myself to a lot of risks, and I'm pretty sensitive and intuitive. Or, anyways, I can feel a lot of people's emotions, and it, I'm easily hurt. And so I kind of, through relationships, began to get hurt, and I began to build this shell around my heart that was like, this sucks. Like, I don't want to keep getting hurt. So I began to build these barriers so that I wouldn't, would stop feeling. And it it got to the point in high school where the wall was so thick that, yeah, it didn't hurt. And people couldn't hurt me, but I also, 
I couldn't, like, cry. Like, I would see really sad things would happen to me or would happen to someone else, and I just, I would know they were sad, but I would just, wouldn't feel them. And I would know that my mom and my dad loved me, but I wouldn't feel it. And I would know that God loved me, but I wouldn't feel it. And I think that this is something that's not unique to me, that, you know, especially males, and especially in this culture, are like, don't cry, don't feel, don't show emotion. We're in America, everyone's happy. Don't process these things. Like, build your walls. Um, and for me, that was this process of actually going to counseling and kind of going back to some of these places where I'd been hurt and letting light go into them and letting the Lord kind of wash them clean so that I could move forward. Uh, and I remember, and I think people talk about God's love and feeling God's love, and I think lots of times we're like, what the heck? Like, I don't feel God's love. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And and I think in the last few years, it's been a couple moments where um, I remember one time driving from Seattle to Portland and was just kind of praying, and I felt like, it was one of the only times that I, or a time where I felt God's love so strongly. And it was probably just like the tiniest little like crumb of what his love actually is. And I felt it for maybe 30 seconds, but it was like so powerful that I just started crying. And I remember kind of reflecting on that moment and being like, oh my gosh, I used to be this person with this shell that was like impenetrable. Like nothing's going to make me cry. Like I would see horrible things happen and just be like, and, and to have that kind of transformation happening um, was made me realize that there is more to this love, that this love can be felt. So the two, before we look at this story, the two holdups I want us to know is one is just our perception of love. That God's love is different than love that we've experienced and the imperfect love we've experienced from each other. And sometimes we give each other glimpses of God's love, and you've experienced that as well, but, but God's love is different. Um, and also know that, that we can kind of build these barriers around our hearts that uh, make it really hard for us to feel God's love while we try to protect ourselves from pain. Um, the story we're going to look at is one of my favorites. It's in John, John chapter 21. And the reason I love it is, um, for me, it gives... You can go blank for a second. Just go blank for a second. I'm going to tell it my own version, and then we'll read it. Um, <laughs> so the... Uh, this story is in John. It's the last chapter. And the reason I love it is because, especially working in a college atmosphere, is like I see this is how we would interact with our friends. This is a scene where Jesus has died, risen again, and he's coming back to see his disciples. They, um, Before they knew Jesus, they were most of them were fishermen, and they lived with Jesus for three and a half years. So he's you know, their best friend. They've been hanging out together. Jesus has died. They're back on the fishing boat. They fished all night. They haven't caught a thing. Um, and what you're going to see in this story is the interaction of Jesus kind of reuniting with his buddies. And um, I know all of you guys have probably had a story or a friend who's, like, going to go surprise their boyfriend, and they call their best friend, and they kind of, like, hide in the trunk and surprise them or do some sort of, like, punk in their friends and just hanging out. And this is what I see Jesus doing is he uh, – he's um, – so the disciples are in the boat, and Jesus is walking up, and he says, um, it says, just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And he said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And the way, back it up. Yeah. The way I see this playing out is, these guys are fishing. They fish their whole life. They know how to fish. And there's some dude 
comes along the shore and is like, hey, kid, you need some advice? Why don't you try putting the net on the other side of the boat? And I picture them being like, are you kidding me? I've been up all freaking night. I've fished my entire life. You think I haven't tried both sides of the net? And then just kind of getting fired up and Jesus just being like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, this is hilarious. And um, and I just picture that like, I don't know. It just is hilarious in my mind. Um, and then you see the fact that Peter, uh, one of the disciples, the one that Jesus loved, John, he's like, they notice they, so they throw their net in the other side of the boat, and they all of a sudden it's full of fish. And that's the moment they're like, oh, it's Jesus! Like, just stoked. And it says that uh, they shouted, it's the Lord! So they cast their net, and were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That, whom the di- uh, that disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord! When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came into the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but only about a hundred yards off. When they got into the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, the fish laid out on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. And to me, this is just an awesome scene. This is how you guys would, if you haven't seen your best friends in a long time, you'd go, you'd maybe play a little punk, you'd have this awesome reunion where he's diving into the boat, and they're giving each other big hugs, and then they're just eating breakfast on the shore. And the thing I love about... God's love in this story is just that you see Jesus just enjoying. Like he's just enjoying life and he's enjoying his disciples and he's enjoying these people he's with. And he knows their, you know, their junk. He knows their leprous parts of them. He knows all this stuff, but he just wants to like, before anything else, he just wants to eat breakfast on the beach with his friends. And I think for me, this is one of the hardest parts of God's love to understand that he just enjoys me, that he just wants to hang out and he thinks I'm funny. And he, whatever, he likes laughs at my jokes. He's, um, I don't know, and I think a lot of times we don't even enjoy ourselves, so it's really hard for us to understand that, like, God just enjoys me. He just wants to, like, hang out with me. He's not going to, like, preach me a sermon or, no, he's going to, like, make a little joke and hang out. And and I picture the guys on the beach being like, oh, my gosh, I was so mad at this guy. I was about to rip this guy's head off. And then, remember, we pulled in the boat and just, like, telling stories and eating breakfast and, um, and that's how it plays out in my mind. Uh, and so the first part of God's love that I see is just that he enjoys us. That his love just, he doesn't have these needs, he can just enjoy. And the second part is um, in his conversation with Peter. And the backstory to that is Peter is one of Jesus' disciples. And right before Jesus dies, he's, uh, he's talking to his friends and he's like, okay, I'm going to die. And um, some of you will even deny me before this happens. Before the rooster crows three times, um, Peter, you're going to deny me. And Peter's like, no way. Like, I would never do that. Like, I got your back. Like, you're my best friend. Like, this is not going to happen. She's like, actually, I mean, it is. And he's like, no way. So sure enough, Jesus gets arrested, and Peter denies him three times. This isn't like knife at the throat, like, do you love Jesus? I'm going to kill you if you do. It's the first one, it says it's a servant girl. So it's this girl who's... It's a girl, which had no status back in that time. It's a servant, which had no status, and it's a child. And even to that servant girl, Peter denies him, denies Jesus. Um, and it says when the rooster crowed that, Jesus, that Peter wept bitterly. And even in that, you can kind of imagine what Peter would be feeling, that he would just feel horrible. You know, like, Jesus just died. I denied him to a freaking servant girl. Like, he called it. I said I wouldn't do that. Like, just... 
and the way that Satan would probably use that to just be like, you're a horrible person, and da 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 da. But, um, so this is the scene. So now Peter and Jesus, they just had breakfast and they're sitting there. And what, um, what's amazing, when I think about conflicts that I've had with friends, first of all, my love is different than Jesus's. And as pure as I can want to be, I, I still have some bad intentions where I'm like, I kind of want them to feel a little bit of what I felt. Or I have some bitterness. Or I'm really hurt. Or, you know, that conversation would be, if I even had the conversation of confrontation, it would be really hard. And it would be really hard for me to purely love that person in that. But in this, you see Jesus. And he could have come up to Peter and been like, Peter, what the heck? Like, remember when I told you? Like, called it. Or he could have been made him feel stupid or feel shameful or feel... Um, point out his brokenness, or he could have just ignored it, which would have left this kind of festering wound and this kind of unspoken, awkward thing between them. Um, But it's amazing to see what Jesus does, that his love not only just enjoys Peter in that brokenness, but he wants to cleanse and heal and completely restore Peter. Uh, So what you see is Peter, he goes to Peter, and he says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to them, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. And what I love about this is Jesus, it's a very gentle and full of grace way for Peter, for Jesus to say, hey, I know you denied me three times, and I just gave you three chances to say, like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You know, like, kind of allowing him to just be restored and healed. Uh, and that is that is something that uh, I've just, I just love about God's love. And something that I saw back when my heart was you know, in that place was kind of going back to these places, these hard places and having the Lord kind of look at them and kind of wash them out with me and being able to heal from that and move forward. Um, and that's definitely a process, but it's something that I that really sticks out to me about God's love. And the third thing is he does is about God's love is that he doesn't just leave us like that. He also just gives he gives us a purpose and a meaning. He tells Peter, feed my sheep, tend my sheep. Uh, and that's something amazing about God's love is that it gives us meaning, it gives us purpose, gives us direction. So not only does it just enjoy us as we are and want to heal us and restore us, but it also wants to give us this incredible purpose and meaning as we move forward in life. So as we leave here tonight, I, I, I guess my hope is that we can all reflect on, okay, first of all, do either of those roadblocks, like do I encounter those? Is some of the way that people have loved me or the way that I've loved kind of mess with how I see God's love? And are there places in my heart that are hardened? Is there a thick shell that makes it difficult for me to experience God's love? And then also just to think about, okay, what does it mean that God enjoys me? What does that look like day to day, to just enjoy God? And I think for the way I've experienced that the most is just like going, or just, I don't know, kind of enjoying God is just like, going for a run and talking about, kind of chit-chatting about funny things that happened or seeing something beautiful and responding to that. Um, that's some of how that's played out, but I, I'm not fully right in there yet. Um, and also to look at, okay, 
purpose and meaning and know that God has given us this purpose and meaning and what that might be. So please pray with me. Dear God, thank you for uh, tonight. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your humor and your just uh, the perfect way that you do love us. I pray that you can um, show us that a little bit more and uh, yeah, bless the rest of the night. Did you say